I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. We talk a lot about side effects these days in the age of COVID-19. Side effects of therapies, of vaccines. And we talk about the side effects of the pandemic itself, too. The knock-on consequences of economic shutdowns and of personal lockdowns. One of those is domestic and gender-based violence. As cases go up and communities shut down, all over the world, from the U.S. to China to South Africa, we're seeing increases in violence against women. We had a preview of this phenomenon in West Africa a few years ago, during the Ebola outbreak there. And now, the region is seeing the same thing happen again. The United Nations Population Fund reported last month that reports of violence against women in West and Central Africa were up more than a third this spring, over last year. It got us thinking about a story we shared a year ago, about one West African country's efforts to curb gender-based violence, from the top down and from the ground up. We're sharing it again today, and it starts with me talking to producer Jasmine Bayumi. So this week, you were taking us to school. That's right. Husband school, to be exact. A school for husbands. Mm-hmm. Yep. So tell us the idea behind the school. So it's in West Africa, in Sierra Leone, and the school is trying to get them to challenge how they think about women and how they treat them. And that can include sexual violence, which is a big problem there right now. And a lot of the survivors are minors, actually children. And just a quick heads up for our listeners, we're going to talk a lot about sexual violence in this episode, and that includes descriptions of rape. So last year, there was this case that made international news. It was about a five-year-old girl. And this woman met her at the health center. Um, So it's usually adults there. And I saw this five-year-old girl in a wheelchair, and I was shocked. So I assumed that somebody had brought her in from like a pediatric section. Maybe she had a relative. And um, I was then informed that, no, she was a patient with fistula ward because she had been um, brutally raped and sodomized and it had left her paralyzed. But the bottom line is she's not the only one. Thinking about a story like that is so disturbing. But violence like that doesn't just come out of nowhere. And there's a whole spectrum of behavior here that we're talking about. Right. And... This case caused a huge outcry and people started thinking about how to change things. And just a few months after that, President Julius Madabio declared a national emergency. Each month, hundreds of cases of rape and sexual assaults are being reported in this country. A national emergency against sexual violence. I can't think of another country that's gone that far. So... What's happened since then? That's exactly what I wanted to find out. So I'm going to tell you about two people, one woman and one man. They're tackling different kinds of sexual violence since, after all, that's a term that includes everything from sexual harassment to child abuse to rape within a marriage. And their approaches kind of reflect different ways of thinking about how you change an issue that's this big. So actually, I'm going to start with a man. His name is Pedia. I'm Pedia Youssef Aliou, the coordinator for the Horseman School. Oh, 
We're now on the way to Nekabo to start the first session. Pedia is one of many, many civil society workers, and he works with one of these husband schools. Al Jazeera made a documentary about him for a program called Witness, and you'll hear some English words, but Pedia and the husbands are speaking Creole. That's the main language spoken in Sierra Leone. Hello, they are wannabe. Yeah. Let's start this session now because I know this time when I get for good now. Now we just see now we demand and I would cause the whole problem. So this class is all volunteers. It's a few Saturdays a month for about six months. And the husbands are mostly farmers. Many of them have actually never been to school and they're there to learn about women's empowerment. For some, the husband school is the first time they have been in a classroom setting. It is a challenge to get them to open up to new ideas. When I was young, there was a rape case in my village. I remember it clearly. Pidia says he remembers a rape in his village when he was young. He says the woman left the village humiliated, but the man was only fined. Everything is in the favor of the men. I want this to change. And he wants to be part of that change. In some ways, Pidia sees it as a, as a kind of battle between tradition and modern ideas in relation to gender. Sam Liebman made the film for Al Jazeera, and Sam spent a lot of time in Sierra Leone and lots of time with Pidia at the husband school. They discuss sexually transmitted diseases, um, how they might be avoided. Uh, they will discuss money, money issues. At the moment, most men hold on to the money mostly, especially in the villages. And the reason he does this is because, as he sees it, and as I see it too, there's a lot of power imbalance. But I also think that although this is a Sierra Leonean problem, I feel like you could probably discuss some of these issues in London or wherever, and you'd still get some of this, these prevailing sexist views because it's a world where men still generally have the power. Maybe some of these things are specific to Sierra Leone, but a lot of them are not. For instance, many governments around the world haven't outlawed marital rape. But one thing that is more specific to Sierra Leone is the legacy of war. The other thing is, from discussing a lot with Pidia, he sees it as, uh, like from the war, there was a lot of brutalization of women. Rape was a weapon used by men. The violations during the war are so many, but the major ones is rape. Men have gotten used to violation against women. That is where the legacy from the world. Sierra Leone's civil war lasted for over a decade, from 1991 to 2002. Rival groups were competing for control of the country and its resources. Children fought as soldiers, victims were mutilated, and two million people were displaced. Around 50,000 were killed. The war has been over for more than 15 years, but survivors say that it changed them forever. And sexual violence is part of that legacy. At least 51% of the population is women, and 
they are the ones who have had the brunt of it. They kept me for 10 months. When I came from the bush, I didn't have clothes, and I still don't have anything. I'm destitute. I'm not the same as I was before the war. As the war was mostly in the villages, mostly the city was fairly safe and just brutalities were happening in these villages and no one was seeing it. And so imagine how vulnerable women were during that time. And so there's still an element of that where stuff can happen in villages towards women and they just wouldn't know their rights. <laughs> so Sam is with Pedia out in southwest Sierra Leone and they're sitting in this courtyard in the village with men of all ages, men who've taken time away from their farms to be part of this weekly course. <laughs> and he's starting with questions like, do women work as hard as men or should men share money with their wives? And he gets some interest, but he also gets a lot of resistance. One man who's not buying it is named Boima. There's a scene outside on Boima and his wife's uh, front porch that took place after the husband's call, where the ideas, these ideas about sharing money were, were fresh in Boima's head. So, yeah, he sits there and he's discussing with his wife and explaining why he cannot share the money. If the husband school can be changing me to another level, I come and listen to it. But he just says, he, so he asks off camera, actually, what we say, I can say. What's this idea you say? To the woman. Someone says, empowering women. I empower woman. And he says, yeah, we, we can't do that. I say, I can't do it. My baby, it's my wife. His reasoning for that is... Um, <laughs> I can't share any money he, with like, her. So he says, I can't share money with her, like you were telling us in the class, 50-50. Uh, in our country, you can't do that. It can't go on my, on my, on my control. Because if, if I share money with her, then she won't be under my control. She'll step all over me. So it's almost like he doesn't see it at this point as a win, as there can be a win-win. He's like, either I'm in the power or she's in the power. And there's this kind of awkward moment, right, between him and his wife. Do you, do you know which one I'm talking about? Yeah. Can you tell me what's happening there? So so he says... Hey, listen to me carefully. Anything I say, it can happen, it can, she can listen to me. And then he says... Am I lying? Am I lying? And she sort of shakes her head, but has her head sort of quite symbolically down. And then he says, see, she said no. She said no. So for me, it was that and then one other moment with Pedia that really stuck with me. There's this part where Pedia is asking the group, who here has forced themselves on their wives? And Boima is one of them. And he says, she's got no right to refuse me. And I just want to hear their voices in the whole scene before you describe what's happening. They're talking about rape and what is rape and what isn't rape. Is it rape if your wife says she's tired and you want to have sex with her anyway? 
Um, and then at one point, and then Pidya laughs at the answer that people give. Yeah, and he just kind of lets it all roll off his back. I mean, I'm sure not every teacher of the husband school in, in the other courses has exactly the same method as Pidya. But I understand that is his, his method. And he said, oh, you know, I do laugh at first. I laugh. I do laugh when a scenario like that is coming up. I just have to make as if I'm comfortable laughing. I want people to feel comfortable. And then I talk them through. At the end of it all, I will turn around and say, uh, why this is wrong. Don't do that again. Don't do that. Because if I come there and immediately start saying this is wrong, then his fear is that people will close up throughout the course and therefore won't really get to the root of it and things won't get better. <laughs> what I was thinking, actually, these things aren't at all shocking to Pidya. He knows the answer that he's going to get at first. So he's not like, oh, my God, I can't believe they said that. He knows that is a very common view in relation to rape. They do not believe that a woman has a right to say no. You don't believe that your wife has a right to refuse you. This is Vicky Remo. She's a writer and blogger who devotes a lot of her platform to gender equality in Sierra Leone. She was born there and also grew up partially in the U.S. She was on Al Jazeera's show, The Stream, talking about the national emergency back when it was first declared. I wanted to get her take because her approach to tackling this issue is not the same as Pedia's, which we'll get to in a minute. For me, I'm like, but these things are happening within a community. So I'm like, yes, the husband school is it's a it's a it's a interesting idea. But if after these men leave the school and they go back and they're in their communities every day, who is um, making sure? that they continue to be better men. I thought it was interesting how Pedia connects the mindset that he's tackling, and that's something that's common in many, many parts of the world, to the legacy of the Civil War. And that's kind of the heart of it, right? It's not just like only sexism or misogyny, but also something specific to Sierra Leone's history. It's very interesting because the part that struck me the most was, you know, when we're talking about what happened during the war is funny, but that was very, very triggering for me because it took me back to my childhood and being in Sierra Leone, being afraid of being raped. It was a memory that I'd forgotten <laughs> that I had. I am 34 years old, so I am that generation of people who were children during the war. What I do know from my parents and my grandparents I don't know that sexual violence in this kind where, you know, babies and like little girls are being violated, I don't think that that was the norm ever. No society can survive with that. But I also know that my own grandmother's story is that when she was 15 years old, a man who came to visit her family from another village picked her and he basically took her to his town, to his house, and he didn't bring her back until he had impregnated her. And then he paid her bride price and so then she became his wife. Though culturally they wouldn't have said it was rape. 
as far as I'm concerned, my maternal grandfather raped my grandmother and my my mother is a product of that kind of a relationship. My grandmother did leave him almost immediately and so then she moved back to her family and then later married and when she was of age and had went on to have like four more children with her husband who's the man that I grew up to know as my grandfather. I don't think that sexual violence existed in the way and in the context in which we know it now and as pervasive, but child marriage is a reality of the Sierra Leonean experience. About 39% of all girls under the age of 18 currently are married or will be married. Women in Sierra Leone have not yet overcome. There are lots of women like myself who come from very privileged backgrounds, who go on to thrive um, and live really good lives, right? Like I am, we are the exception, we are the one percenters, but I am not the norm and that's the problem. And so, I mean, saying the statistics kind of, it just kind of makes you depressed. So I'm like saying them. A little bit. And I'm just like, wait, 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 this is, (laughs) um, this is a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. So what do you do about it? Oh, man. Um, So for me, what's happened is, women see me as a safe space to tell their stories. So I oftentimes get told things and all I can do is bear witness. Vicky's approach is more about exposing the problems she finds, which brings us to the story of that five-year-old girl. Back in October, Vicky went to a center that treats women for fistulas. That's an injury that can leave women unable to control their bowel movements or urination. And it's often connected to childbirth and also sometimes to rape. So in this fistula ward, Vicky sees this child. So I wondered why she was there and I asked and they said that she had been raped and she had been sodomized. and particularly thrown down somewhere or pushed somewhere so that it wasn't just that she was raped but like it had fractured like injured the bottom the base of her spine and so now she couldn't walk it was the kind of story that you would hear that no matter who you are it would make you angry so vicky broke the story and other people reported it too Other cases came to light around the same time, and people started saying that this is not what we stand for. This cannot be normal. And then, a few months later, we had that announcement about the national emergency. And Vicky says that a lot of Sierra Leoneans welcomed the news. But other people, men who she knew, felt it was kind of an overreaction. And Vicky pushed back against that mindset, too. It is about men who see children, sometimes babies, and um, it is quite normal here for a man to see a baby, a baby girl, and to say, this is Nami small wife, this, this Nami future wife, oh, Nami girlfriend. And culturally, it's been accepted, but to me, it's incredibly problematic if you see a child, if you're sexualizing a baby, you're sexualizing a small girl. So I just wanted to kind of talk 
to the men in our community so that they recognize that maybe you have not raped anyone, but there are still lots of other behaviors that you might have and practices and things that you think and believe that are really harmful and support a culture of rape in Sierra Leone. Vicky wrote an article called What Every Man from Sierra Leone Can Do to Fight Child Rape. And she also put it on WhatsApp in Creole, the local language. And she asked prominent men who she knew to share it. She's saying things like, when a girl visits your house or gets in your car, that is not consent for sex. Don't ask a girl to touch you sexually. Don't touch a girl sexually. And be honest and faithful about how you may have failed girls in the past. And commit say you want for be a better man. I wanted to have that conversation to say no. None of these things that you believe, none of these things that you've been led to believe, and these are things that both men and women believe, by the way, so it's not even just men, but I believe that when it comes to sexual violence and rape, it is men who need to really, really um, think about what manhood means to them, think about their role in the society. What does manhood mean in society? Vicky and Pedia would agree that Sierra Leone needs to change the thinking around that question. There's a huge spectrum of behavior to change, and some of that needs to be dealt with legally. But it also comes from changing the way men treat women. And there are some signs that it is possible. So at the end of this film, Boima, who is one of the husbands we met earlier, ends up saying that he's come around to the idea of sharing money with his wife. And we actually hear from her, that same woman who had her head down in that awkward scene right at the beginning. Boima says that now he gives her a percentage of the money. Pedia asks her what she does with it. And she has this smile on her face and she says, with the money he gives me, I run a small business. I sell onions, peanuts and salt. And Boima says, it helps us save something we can fall back on. And that's why I'm trying, little by little, to give her something. And Pedia says that this whole process, it's going to take time. I do believe that community by community, we get to know the importance of equality in their very safe life. It cannot happen within a day or overnight, but gradually they are coming up. So Jasmine, I have to ask one question that I'm left with, and I know I can't be alone here. What happened to the five-year-old girl who was raped? Well, she's had a visit from the president and the first lady, but actually with her case, not that much has happened. Her father just doesn't want the rape case tried in court, and no trial date has been set. And the girl, well, she's asking when she can go back to school and when she can walk again. But there are just no answers yet. So how are people feeling now? Because this is this is heavy. And it's been almost six months since there seemed to be a chance of hope with that state of emergency. Right. So 
They had these big plans, a new police division, a special court for cases, life imprisonment for sexually assaulting minors. Um, but Sierra Leone's opposition just wasn't a big fan of that state of emergency. And then they actually went ahead and canceled it. Wait, they canceled the state of emergency? Yeah, it seems like the whole thing has been politicized. The opposition wants existing laws to be toughened. So right now they're in the process of doing that. And all that has Vicky feeling really torn. There are so many things standing in the way and there are still more cases of child rape. So there was actually a baby less than a year old recently who was raped and died. So she feels like there's just such a long way to go. But at the same time, she says she can see that there's progress, at least in terms of the laws that might change. I started coming back to Sierra Leone in 2003 after the war, and I would come and volunteer at a school here every summer for while I was in college. There were bullet holes in all the buildings in the city, and it was like a ghost town. We had an internally displaced camp in like in my near to my neighborhood. But right now today, Sierra Leone is, I think on the Global Peace Index, we're like the third most peaceful country in Africa. And so things are changing. It's just very, very slow. And you're like, I want it to happen in my lifetime. I don't want it. I don't want to die and miss out on when women take their place in Sierra Leone society as equals. I want to I want it to happen in my lifetime. And that's why I, I agitate and people say I make trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I cause trouble, but we have to make trouble, but I think it's good trouble. I'm 34, but there are young women in their teens and in their 20s. They need to know that it can be different. And if it's going to be different, it's because they demanded better. We're not begging for equality. I refuse to beg anybody um, to give me what is my birthright. I'm going to keep making trouble, good trouble. <laughs> This episode originally ran in July of 2019. Since then, the law has changed in Sierra Leone. Last September, its parliament passed a law that sends trials for sexual offenses straight to the country's high court. It also sets the maximum penalty for the rape of a child at life in prison. But this summer, there was a terrible sense of deja vu in Sierra Leone when a five-year-old girl was raped and murdered there on June 17th. Police have said they have suspects in custody. Protesters all over the country have turned out to demand justice. And that's The Take. You can watch the Al Jazeera film The Husband School online. We've shared a link to it in the episode details. This episode was produced by Alexandra Locke and Jasmine Bayumi with Morgan Waters, Amy Walters, Dina Kispe, Priyanka Tilbe, Ney Alvarez, and me, Malika Bilal. Seth Samuel was the sound designer. Special thanks to Sam Liebman, Vicky Rameau, and Fatu Wuri. The Take sound designer is Alex Roldan. Our engagement producer is Natalia Aldana. Our executive producer is Stacey Samuel. Raylan Brashear is Al Jazeera's head of audio. We'll be back.